0: Hello, friends. Nico here from the GeekCast Live, and you are proudly
1: listening to the Movie Podcast Network. GeekCast Live is brought to you by Audible.com. For a free 30-day trial membership, go to audible.com slash Live. With over 180,000 titles to choose from, you can read whatever your heart desires.
2: That's audible.com slash Live. Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes or YouTube or follow us on SoundCloud. Be sure to comment, like, review, leave cynical comments, or call Nick mean names. He likes when you do that.
3: Hey everybody, GCR. I want to talk to you about WaywardRaven.com. These guys are creating some pretty rad content and you can find it at WaywardRaven.com. Use our discount code NECKBEARD, save yourself 15% and, you know, make yourself feel good about a purchase. Not like that rowing machine you had to get because you thought for sure this would be the year you lost weight. You know, don't get one of those. Don't get one of those copper pans where the eggs don't stick. Get yourself a good, independently created comic book. Do it.
4: It's a trap! You Hold on! No!
3: Up, sports fans, welcome to Put episode four point three of the GeekCast Live podcast. I'm your host GCR, and with me, as always,
1: Rob Bass. Hello, friends and Cartoon
3: Joe. Coincidentally, I have been waiting a very long time for this episode because four uh, three is also one of my favorite defenses.
0: Hmm. There's there's no f- oh in the sports ball. there's no football fans in this program.
3: How about that uh how about that Super Bowl?
0: We're not going to talk nice. about it. If you talk about it, I'm going to take you off your <laughs> ringleader duties.
3: Why can't we talk, why can't we talk about the Super Bowl?
0: I'm t- telling you, you will be you'll be relegated to fourth just string. Goes to show behind that Rob Rob you
5: cannot the beat Emperor Palpatine and Darth Brader. You really can't. It can. was the only Super Bowl I've
3: ever watched. Really? Ever?
6: Mm-hmm.
3: So Joe, you watched the only Super Bowl that ever went into overtime.
6: Mhm. Mm-hmm.
3: How do I put Nick, you on mute? How does that work? I don't think, I'm, not sure you, I'm not sure you can put someone else on mute. I don't think I don't well, know. Then we need to change there's
0: our no, operating system. oh
2: I can. I'm Skype King. So. There's, there's
3: no dump button unless you're Rob, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> there should be so. a joke there, but I'm
4: too tired to get to it. <laughs> uh so I'm
3: sorry I missed last week. it was an excellent show. Well done everybody. Uh, Thank golf you. clap, Thank you. golf clap to you. Thank, uh, thanks for not um, giving me too much shit. Thanks, um, Lauren.
0: My, my uh,
1: no, my we, absolute we, favorite. We're thing. only warming up, and no offense to you, Ray. What, what I love about when you're not here is the intro, because <laughs> it all it all goes sideways, and and it's you never know how.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but at least we're consistent. <laughs> it's glorious. The uh, before, oh, go ahead. Before we jump off yeah. that uh, Super Bowl train, really quick, was anybody else just kind of like underwhelmed by the commercials this year? Yes,
3: I was. Uh, the only good commercials for me were the the movie trailers, which I loved.
2: Yes. I loved the teaser yeah, really for good.
3: Stranger Things, which coincidentally mm-hmm. is our topic du jour this week. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, I mean, it was. I thought the remember when Dollar Shave Club first came out with that fucking like Mm -hmm. two minute long ad where the dude was like walking through his warehouse and wonky shit was going on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then like suddenly like everybody thought was like the hip kind of commercial to do like the look at me, look at your wife. I'm a horse, you know, like the old spice. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. They tried to do that. Yellowtail wine tried to do that. I've that I've never been more embarrassed for a company ever. I don't.
5: You want to pet my
6: room?
3: You want to pet my room? Look at me. The kangaroo's a DJ. Crazy, right? Moscato. Like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that, that, that's exactly oh, how it was. It was horrible. I mean, it was, it was bad enough that I, I tweeted them
6: and said, like, hey,
3: like, good wine. Like what you're doing there. Stay there because it's your bailiwick. Stay out of <laughs> commercials.
5: Advertising is clearly not your guys' game. Not good
3: at it. Whoever you paid to come up with that, fire them immediately. Burn Ask them, for a refund. Burn them like a witch. <laughs> <laughs> Reinvest
0: the $5 million into like more Shiraz bushes, whatever they yeah. make those out of. <laughs> yeah, I'm, pretty, I'm sure it's... <laughs> so, yep. Is that what they do to make it? I,
3: most, but, yeah. I they just, so. They ground up the whole... It's actually the root of the Shiraz bush is what makes the wine, to be
0: honest. Mm, tasty.
5: Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, it was just like uh, like the trailers were the only good things that really came out of. Uh, I'll even say the whole Super Bowl this year. Like Lady Gaga's show was pretty solid. I will, I will give it that. But uh, like the rest of the commercials, like the game was very one sided until it wasn't, and then it was a lot of fuck you. Well, and then it was
1: still one sided. It just was the other side.
5: Yeah, it was the other side. It was just, it was, it was awful.
1: And just, uh, it was I mean, flagrantly
0: racist
3: we can You're flagrantly raise We could uh, um, if we'd like to appease Nick and put a, uh, put a cap on it I would like to end it with this discussion
0: I've already, I've already got your name on my Steve Buscemi yellow notepad <laughs> red lipstick
3: Well I'm hoping that after this you you mark my name off reapply the lipstick and lean back peaceably
6: I'm listening If
3: I can be a spokesperson for fat internet trolls, mm. please, fat internet trolls everywhere, can we stop body shaming Lady Gaga? I
0: don't know what the fuck you just said. I would go with, I, I'm more, would I'm more go with internet
5: trolls than if we're we're avoiding body shaming. I'm more inclined
0: to murder you now than I was 12
3: seconds ago. I'm just. <laughs> Ever since the halftime no, I, show, I, I, I would fat, say that I'm fat men right? on the internet have been calling Lady Gaga like unattractive and fat because she had like she didn't have like rock hard abs of steel during the halftime show. And I just I want to as as a fat internet troll.
0: So you are using fat trolls as like some kind of metaphor.
3: Mm-hmm. I'm using fat trolls. God, I, think, I don't understand. Like like the fat bald guy who's on his Twitter saying. Ugh. Uh, get that no-talent hack with the big belly off the fucking stage. Take a look I can't at believe
0: yourself, I'm asking this, but why are trolling. you or is anyone else paying any attention to that? Which sounds to be quite... I thought trolling was supposed to be like a subtle, here, fishy, fishy, fishy. That just sounds like nonsense. Well,
1: that's, that's good trolling. And then there's like bad trolling, which is statistically so the most common trolling.
0: Why, why would you listen or give acknowledgement or even care?
3: I'm, I'm actually just trying to, if you're a fat internet troll who listens to the show, I'm just asking you to take a look at yourself before you start calling Lady Gaga like a fat hoodlum because she has a bit of a belly. That's all. A Kind of a PSA, if you will.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, sure thing.
3: <laughs> okay. I'm also using it as another segue.
0: So Dwayne and Albuquerque, um, stop listening.
3: I guess, okay. right? No, just stop fucking nah, being mind. an you're asshole. Totally, you're totally not going to take, take, take the fedora off
1: <laughs> and be nice to women.
5: I think the problem is Nick is quite the fedora fan. So. <laughs> How did fedoras get into anything?
3: Because we're talking about you. Oh, got it. No, I'm with you. I do have. I'm, I actually am talking about you now, because I was using fat internet troll, and I was going to make a mean segue to the people that are most commonly listening to our show. You think I'm a fat internet troll? No, yes. I don't think he's. Are you asleep? I'm. <laughs> I'm.
0: I've been up for 18 hours, and I'm in Detroit. So you just connect the dots. Okay. it's
1: well, so you- cold in the D. <laughs>
5: <laughs> How the fuck are we supposed to keep peace? <laughs>
0: That's what I'm talking about.
3: Scratch it, it up. If if you'd like a reminder, Nick, I didn't know if you knew that you have your second Nick of Time blog post landed today on the interwebs. Oh, indeed. I guess I'm going to write my next one about fat trolls and fedoras. Well, I'm glad you're helping me out here because we've actually had some listener feedback as to what some topics they would like you to uh, grind your gears over. Do tell. Um, it started pretty broad. Like um, cornbread, and br- cornbread and brown beans, why would anyone eat that? To which I said, be a little bit more concise. Like just throw one word at Nick and just let him go with it, right? Okay. So that, that was shortened to just cornbread. All right. We got, we got a vote for cornbread. We also have a vote for Balloons? Ooh.
0: Fuck you, um, Gomez.
3: They look <laughs> down here, Georgie. Chris Dalby says, Are fantasy and sci fi as valid as other genres, intellectually and educationally? To which our good friend. To which Ryan said, no, fantasy. To which our good friend, <laughs> Alan Hillside. My guy! Uh, said. Hey, guy. That's, way too, that's way too deep for Nick's intellect. Cocksucker! Challenge! <laughs> okay, um, read, me that whole, read me that whole one in its entirety. Are fantasy, fantasy and sci-fi as valid as other genres, intellectually and educationally?
1: I liked your verbal air quotes with valid there. Thank you.
0: As um, other genres, intellectually. Oh, and educationally, uh, Dave the
3: Fish, A.K.A. Dave the Jew, says Marvel as just a topic. Uh, okay. Brett Brett Javier um, went uh, gave you a, a five.
0: The number five.
3: No, 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 no five yeah. topics.
0: Oh. For you okay, to choose better. from,
3: or to do all of um, chicken wings. Okay. Chernobyl. Ooh. Yep. Hotel, just the word uh, hotel,
6: uh-huh.
3: golf, and the 80s.
6: Ooh, ooh, I like likey.
3: Uh, Jew Dave also says uh, people named Molson.
0: <laughs> I only know one, but I could write about that.
3: <laughs> and then uh, Joe actually popped in with, uh, with five. Oh, I did. Um, homesteading. <laughs> <laughs> Doomsday prepping Taco Bell's new naked chicken taco Yep Little Little Caesar's pizza and something that I would love to hear you do 300 words on Me too Millennials Oh shit <laughs> So that is um, that is some
0: rich and constructive feedback
3: well, this is a this is a Facebook uh, the GeekCast Live Facebook group. Which, if you are a listener and you're not a member of, and you're on Facebook, just search for GeekCast Live and ask to join the group. Um, this is a thread that we will continue to bump to the top of the. Uh, we may even make it a pinned post, so people can just constantly keep dumping in things they want you to write about. So.
0: Well, I uh, support it's this. being
3: well received, Nick is what I'm
0: getting. As, as we are a team here, I would like to of the ones that were just listed off, I would like for you three gents to take a quick straw poll of uh of what the leaders are in the clubhouse here. Your personal vote. I w-
3: I would I will love. will take
0: under advisement.
3: I would love to see you do um millennials and I chicken wings.
0: Yeah, we got a vote for wings, a vote for millennials, okay?
6: I would also vote for millennials.
5: Yeah, I think I'd be interested in reading. Interesting. That. All right, we, yeah, do that. We have a
6: leader.
1: I'm also I, intrigued I feel, by. The,
6: go
5: ahead.
1: Oh, I, I say by your topic, by the way that you would go at the 80s, I'm intrigued by.
5: Yeah, no, I I, I could say that as a second one too. Uh, if, I, if, I do, since f- Ryan, if if Ryan got two, I I would like that to be my second. <laughs> <laughs> I did get
0: two. <laughs> I feel that my pride has been challenged by the fantasy sci-fi intellectual genre challenge. Um, but we'll, we'll see if I want to,
3: well, that was, uh, that was your homeboy,
0: Chris
5: Dalby. rising to the old hillside challenge. Well, No, no,
0: I, I always engage with Dalby and I expect him to, to provoke, but it's, uh, it's the weigh-ins of a certain slapdick on top of that, that, um, makes me want to, uh, you know throw the poop at him we'll <laughs> it's see it's
5: amazing how quickly it went from my guy my guy to slap to like <laughs> let's 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 not forget yeah we're grinding moment, the gears quickly
0: um like, that, that's guy, just how fast you can go from favorite son to uh
3: outhouse in this show <laughs> if uh, if Jesus, uh there's a local family here in in uh uh, Benton County, whose last name is actually Outhouse.
0: That's not true.
3: <laughs> it is true. It is 100% true. I don't know their first names. Um, what do you think they are, though? Jed. There's John. Jed it's and... The,
0: no, it's all gotta be, like, double first names. Mm. Jim Bob. And like um, what? Like, like Wayne Jefferson. Tracy Ann. Uh... <laughs>
5: One of them's actually just named John
3: Boy. Tracy, (laughs) Tracy Ann. Fuck yourself, Tracy Ann. Look it up. Tracy Ann's as uglier. She's as ugly as a bag of assholes. As far as I'm, that's what was that thing
0: earlier? She's uglier than a mud
3: fence. Uglier than a mud fence. I about, I about died.
0: (laughs) That's a grandpa-ism if there ever was one.
3: I know. She's as ugly as a mud fence.
0: Holy I mean, moly. I don't even know what that means, but yeah, I, I know either. what that means.
3: Yeah. Ex- yes. That's the best way to describe that exact thing. I have no idea what the fuck you're saying. I know exactly what you're saying.
0: Which would be a fun show topic. Just like turns of phrase or things in life that are like, I don't know what the fuck you mean, but I feel you.
3: Yep. I have I I I, honest, <laughs> I, I have the most like conjected overwrought, weird saying that I've actually heard in real life that when it was said to me, I, like, high-fived the guy and was like, fucking A right. And then within seconds, I was like, Ooh, wait a second. That makes no sense. <laughs> Where were you, and what was it? I was at a business meeting, and I will not name the man who said it, although all four of us have met him. He is not he is not related to me, Hmm. and he said, "and I quote, it's like fucking the wrong end of an angry dog."
5: And your immediate okay, so, reaction so right what was, whoa, and your on, a what immediate was reaction doing in a high five.
0: Right away. It immediately well, right, begs the question, what's fucking the right end of an angry dog? That's what dog? I'm
3: saying. But when somebody says that to you right away, you, you're We're a happy grand dog, grand dog for, it, for like, that matter. Hey, right it is. And, then, <laughs> and then you say like, wait a second. like, huh? Is there a right end of a dog? To fuck, just in general. Let alone and, if it's angry. And, and does do it like, matter? There, is there like a right way to fuck it if it is angry? Because like, immediate, exactly, like immediately, exactly, because like immediately, when I get Not to that, the
0: fictional British prime minister who doesn't.
3: Fucking the wrong end of an angry dog. I immediately say, well, of course you don't fuck a dog's mouth when it's mad. Right. I mean, that's, that's just, that doesn't make any sense.
0: <laughs> Common sense.
3: But then you say, but then.
0: You, Unless you, you have a lot that. of peanut butter.
3: But then you say, oh. but then you say that, God. and then you say, "Hold on a second, I wouldn't fuck a dog's mouth if it was happy."
6: <laughs> so how is that
3: the wrong? <laughs> <one>? <laughs> there's nothing. There's nothing about. There's, there's, there's some sort of like deep philosophical sense, qu- like quandary <laughs>
5: we're looking over here.
3: It makes total sense. When that was said, when that was said to me, I actually had to stop walking. Because I couldn't think about it and walk. Actually.
1: <octopus> I don't know. Maybe, you know. Eddie Eddie Dean blamed the mono you is <laughs> what happened. It was crazy. I swear to god I mean he said it. I
3: I'm not lying to you. He said it and I high fived him and said like you're fucking it. yeah, you're right, man. And then, you,
1: went all- you went right off the tracks in Topeka.
3: And then instantly I walked it back so hard like woo, 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 whoa, 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 whoa,
1: Let's take this from the top.
3: Yeah, you start analyzing that. You should actually like you know like you write down a sentence and you try to diagram it. Write it down so you actually see the words and figure out at any point where that makes sense. But then it like to what seventh.
0: I'd like to know what scenario in life trips the trigger that makes that be the saying that you used to describe it. I
3: I think what he's trying. I think what I, he was I'm trying. So curious about that. I think what he was trying to say is something along the lines of like, damned if you do, damned if you don't, or like out of the frying pan pr- out of the frying pan into the fire. I think he was trying to say that, as if to say like,
0: then then just say that.
3: Yeah, I know, but he didn't, and that's the thing. That,
5: yeah, but where's the pizzazz, Nick? <laughs>
3: I mean, live live a little bit. Come
0: on. Sorry. You're overthinking it.
3: Hey, it's like fucking the wrong end of an angry dog.
0: That's only slightly better than than certain euphemisms involving a thing of warm Duke's mayonnaise. Yes. It is. Only slightly.
3: Only only slightly better. (sighs) Well, we... Anyway, pretty
0: much derailed the living hell out of that segment,
3: yeah, I had a do review, but uh it ran it ran it's running smack dab into guest time at this point <sighs> but that's how this show rolls.
0: <laughs> I would just like to throw in there before your do review goes away um that it did drive home one of the the sentient points of this program really well, much to Rob's chagrin that Phantom Menace is oh. both the worst movie title ever made in history of man. And quite possibly one of the worst movies ever made. Mm. By nope. Still b- Still I had totally forgot. I, I had totally forgot. What
5: I had taken away from this was that we needed more movies where John Travolta got shot off into space with a rocket.
1: That's all more true. or it's more reminders that you defecate yourself when you die. Just just, a lot just because we just because we glossed over the do review this week does
3: not mean it will not be in the show notes for those of you to watch. It's a cracked article. It's a it's an obsessive pop culture disorder with, with with dob himself talking about like it's like the the five or seven
1: silliest like movie deaths
3: silliest movie deaths and it's good. It's really good
0: and among. Among the many parts of Phantom Menace that I had just totally blacked out and buried, Vietnam repressed memory style, is the fact that they, in that ridiculously awfully contrived and long-running pod racing scene, they actually had like necessary roughness style Rob Schneider booth announcer two-headed alien with
3: old British white man voice. Yeah. Old British, oh. old British white man, and then like um, black comedian being a white man
1: was I to say they actually they moved on from that to narrating Wipeout. I think, <laughs> <laughs> which honestly, I mean, all told, is a career bump.
6: But yeah, I. Mm, Phantom, Menace be ashamed. To- be ashamed of yourself, Rob. <laughs> be ashamed I of yourself, ashamed. Summer.
3: it's not do you, do you mm-hmm. think it's the worst it movie ever no
0: only in in like contextual big picture when you mix in all the anticipation hype everything else then it's the worst movie ever
3: mm. i mean cuz i will admit that i was like when i relative
0: that, to the right. the hype the money spent on it the box office gross everything else
1: No one was excited about $5,000 Manos, the Hands of Fate.
3: (laughs) That's true. (laughs) I know that when I left that theater, seeing it, I was like, I was like, fucking stoked. I was captain ready to go. I thought, fucking yeah, Star Wars. And then, like, as time went on and it became apparent to me that what I watched was like, wet baloney. It's not that good.
0: There's only so many times you can rewatch the Qui-Gon Darth Maul lightsaber duel.
5: I disagree. You could watch that endlessly for isn't a very that... long time.
0: At the time, that was really cool. Really? What?
5: I still think Duel of the Fates is probably one of the best lightsaber sequences in the whole.
0: Did you just name it? The whole series. Did you just name
5: no, a lightsaber it's, fight? That's what it's actually called. It's named after the track that John Will or yeah, uh, John John Wilkes Booth. John Wilkes Booth yeah. is what I was were going you, for. Were you you
3: almost gonna have six separate times? You were gonna say Jacques something.
6: Jacqueser, yeah, I think is what I was going with. Jacques Jacqueser, Jacqueser, yeah, Eurythmics. Yeah, Jacqueser Eurythmics. Are we making up
3: names? What, is, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah.
0: Rob Mostly. Rob does that when he's <laughs> uh, panicked. That's his fight or flight. <laughs> As he firmly establishes knowledge base on fake names.
3: He starts naming he starts I'm, naming uh like uh um, Sith Lords. Uh, Sith Lords and fake Spanish composers. Wasn't and you'd be amazed and you'd
5: be amazed how many situations that gets me out of Wasn't your query Reeves the backup
1: dances. artist for like I don't Daft know, Punk. He's the guy that
0: he's the guy that got cut. It was the <laughs> third Daft Punk guy. He was the- he later joined
1: the Blue Man Group.
0: Yeah, yeah. He, he refused to wear a helmet, but he's all right. As with the face one of the face. Blue guys,
1: Jordan, Steve, yep. and Jaquiri Reeves. <laughs> Jaquiri <laughs> Reeves. It's so fucking have funny. You guys, is,
5: tangentially, have you guys ever seen that Key and Peel skit where they go through and talk about like they make up all of these like college football? Oh my players god! Names yes. or NFL yeah, the players? Like West names. Bowl. Oh my god! That's <laughs> so good. That's so good. Construction
1: noises, torque.
5: I know. I, I love the one that just opens his mouth. It's like a jackhammer.
3: <laughs> the, uh,
1: yeah, that's I, it. Whoever is uh, doing that, Midnight Tyrannosaurus.
3: <laughs> Jaqueries Reeves. Jesus, <laughs> like like fa- he's like a, he's a famous fencer. <laughs> Son of a bitch.
6: Oh. Where's oh man. Well, that didn't take long to get no, weird. No, it
3: got weird. It got weird, really. I, <laughs> I don't know. I want to ask. It's like fucking the wrong... Next the up,
1: dueling dog. each other for the first time, uh, Jefferson Madison and Jaquiri Reeves. Jefferson,
0: <laughs> Jefferson. Dueling each other.
1: <laughs>
5: Jefferson I like that you Matterson. just took two last names of presidents <laughs> and just slammed them together for some
3: made-up fencer.
0: <laughs> Garfield Madison.
3: It felt right. Give me your quick, Garf- <laughs> the Garfield Madison Hayes Roosevelt fight. <laughs> Probably top five all time. Hayes Roosevelt, he was black. Sage
0: Rosenfels? Uh-oh. No, he's uh, no, he he's was, No, head. he's
3: Jewish. <laughs> oh, yeah, I see yes. him from Brooklyn. Oh, gosh. <laughs> all right, we do have a guest before this gets any weirder. I just got to get him on. Try it.
0: Prepare him. <laughs> We'll ask him about Phantom Menace.
3: I'm saying that he uh, is a firm believer in that it's the second worst, not the worst.
0: All
5: right. Yeah, I I still stand by Attack of the Clones being infinitely shittier than Phantom Menace. Are you out of your ass? (sighs) No, not even sort of. I would definitely, I I definitely think Attack of the Clones is worse than Phantom Menace. It's shitty,
0: but at least I sort of kind of saw that one coming. It's all about the Metachlorians, Nick. It is. Which one does he ride uh, like like a, a giant talking gila monster?
6: Uh oh, that's the third
3: one. That's the uh
6: You're talking the, about Obi Wan? That's
3: bad. That's also bad. That's that's the uh the Battle of the Helixes. <laughs> right,
0: where he fights um Saul Rosenbloom, Sidious <laughs> Fourth. Uh,
3: David, sir, are you on the
6: call with us? Navy. Context.
0: The villain context. is a the villain is like a four armed anorexic robot. that For some reason, feels need to wear a cape.
1: Mm, general offended.
7: Can <laughs> uh, you guys hear me? Hello, David. Sorry, I had my, my microphone set. Well.
3: <laughs> you're just... Yeah, never, oh, you're missing... Oh, fuck you're, me. You're missing <laughs> the uh, in-depth discussion on the Phantom Menace. Oh,
7: boy. <laughs> you guys so, really, I just reading something. the Phantom Menace was like 18 years ago. It's Can depressing, isn't it? That? Oh. That's crazy.
0: Is it... David, is it officially the won the worst movie title of the modern film era and or in context factory in hype and box office gross the worst movie ever made
7: uh, yeah either is definitely terrible and there's very little redeeming about it i mean man i'd have a hard time saying anything that i really liked about phantom menace
0: spectacularly done that's how a guy comes on and just Handles the show. See that voice. <laughs>
3: uh, if if you recognize his voice, that's because you just listened to episode forty of the GeekCast Live podcast, which was back in twenty fourteen. The last time we had Mister David Ewald Esquire on our show, <laughs> uh, we had you on then uh, because of your book of Dyson Men.
7: Yes, I was. I was a great conversation. I can't believe it's been that long
3: it has i didn't think it was that long either until i found and uh listened to that episode and said wow 40 episode 40 this is episode this is season four episode three and i didn't go to math college so
1: we're we're right around episode 200 and something
3: there you go way way to
0: definitively nail it down there joe no
3: problem (laughs)
1: I really like to be did specific. math
3: college. So. <laughs> so thanks for joining us again after all this time.
0: Oh, it's I'm, definitely, I'm glad
3: it's, to. it's been long enough for David to write another book. So however long <laughs> that
0: takes in the creative process.
7: Okay. Yeah, about four years actually <laughs> at the current pace.
3: So uh, what have you been up to since, uh, uh, since, you know, since 2014?
7: Well, writing another book for starters. <laughs> <laughs> I do have another one coming out uh, next fall. Uh, that one's about virtual reality. It's called Defying Reality. It'll be out in September, and uh, you know, lots of uh, games and movies, and you know, same stuff you guys are doing. Fantastic. Yeah, except, the- you're
0: getting, you're, except you're except you're getting making it. a living out of it, and I imagine. Interacting with a higher class of citizen, but.
7: <laughs> well, and the kind of stuff I like <laughs> that the citizens are not very high class, but you know, one would hope.
3: So we you don't sh- have to. Oh, go ahead, Nick. I oh, Nick, was. Oh, I was just.
0: Nope. Nope. I was just going to continue to be overwhelmingly self-deprecating for our group. So <laughs> that's probably not good. I'll shut up.
3: But I. The the reason. Which the reason that I got a hold of you and said, hey, do you want to come on? you want to strike while well, the iron's hot? Is that you just released an article uh, talking about Stranger Things Season 2, specifically the teaser that was released during the Super Bowl. And uh, it was uh, brought to our attention through our Facebook group by uh, a listener of ours. And I was amazed that you caught what you caught. So if you wouldn't mind telling our listeners a little bit about what that article was
7: yeah so so yeah I caught something extremely nerdy you know even by the context of, Dude, of this it's conversation nerd, it's nerd <laughs> to the max
1: I was like, I've rarely been more impressed
7: so. <laughs> yeah I heard some some nerd points for that one so um in watching the trailer obviously there's a lot uh to process in the stranger things trailer there's you know shots of different characters, there's weird creepy things there's all sorts of stuff going on and so everybody me included was pausing the trailer and being like, what's that? You know, what is this, what is this drawing? What, what character is that? I'm trying to figure out, you know, what's going to happen in the new season. And there's one shot in the trailer where there's a pile of papers on a desk. And the thing that's most notable about it is like, there's this drawing of this huge multi limbed creature, presumably that one of the boys has done, but the pile of papers seems to be on top of a book and the book is what caught my eye because it looked very much like a Dungeons and Dragons source book. And when I zoomed in on the image, I recognized what it was because the source book has a really distinctive design along the top of the page that a lot of D&D source books didn't. And also this one in particular is a pretty famous one and one that, that I really love. It's the D&D module from 1983, Ravenloft, which was this awesome gothic horror adventure. It's one of the most famous and and most loved D&D modules ever. And as soon as I recognized that image on the top of the page, you know, I had to dig my copy out and figure out what page it was. And, of course, knowing Stranger Things and and knowing, you know, the the writers of that show and how much thought the Duffer brothers put into putting the show together. You know, my assumption was this is this is a hint about the upcoming season. It has something to do with Ravenloft.
0: That is nerd pimp supreme it is and and i say that in all with all the love in the world that is just that is excessively geeky and
7: cool <laughs> thank you you're not the first person to suggest that i think i probably maybe pushed it a little bit when i started scanning the page and then rotating Ew. it for perspective and you know matching it up to the screenshot from the trailer but no. that allows us to tell like what page it is and what they're talking about on that page so that might you know provide some more insight if you're going to be an expert on
0: something, though, I mean, way to way to
3: flex, you know?
7: What damn what I'm saying? right, you know, you gotta you gotta embrace that.
3: Well, I, I think the attention to detail that they put into that show um, leads me to believe that they they meticulously constructed that trailer, and I don't want to say they put something there for someone to find, but. I
0: think but like, they put something they, there for
3: someone to they, find, right? They put exactly. Yeah. They, I, I didn't, think, they did I think not put did something it. there. And I'm not, and, and like, it's this is geeky, like, like I think, like, nerd pimp supreme. I think Nick said, um,
0: which will be my next D and D character name.
3: These are also like <laughs> these is these are extreme compliments because, like, I think you're the coolest dude we've had on the show now <laughs> <laughs> because you took. You you I I own Ravenloft. It's downstairs. Oh yeah. In my basement. I didn't I didn't catch that. It may have been the booze, (laughs) but I didn't I didn't catch that. And that's fucking rad.
0: Well, you wouldn't have caught it even if they had paused the trailer right on that.
3: They could have paused it, and then there could have been a there could have been a thing like a blinking arrow that said like Ravenloft. (laughs) Raven. I wouldn't have caught Easter egg. (laughs) Easter egg. Right.
7: Well, that's the, the fun thing about the trailer and about Stranger Things is, like you said, like they're so detail oriented. So when I saw that shot, when I saw the, that part of the of the trailer, I was like, "This, this can't be a coincidence. This isn't just like, oh, we had this this source book lying around on the set. No, that was it's it, it's definitely intentional that that's in there, you know. And what exactly it means is up for debate. But I think they're definitely trying to tell us something or to foreshadow something about the season.
0: Well, so two how, part so
6: two part question then.
7: And
0: um, for one, just double back on. I'm assuming you you know loved Stranger Things as much as we did. Oh yeah um, did it Did it suck you in right away? Um, I guess you probably picked up on all the kind of buried D and D analogies probably faster than anybody else. But one, what'd you think of season one? Did you binge it all in a day? And then the follow up would be just pure spitballing what what would you think the um, cause and effect would be for that for the ravenloft significance is in the season 2 plotline
7: yeah well i definitely i i loved the show you know as you imagine i was hooked into it you know from one of the very first scenes you know the minute that there's four kids sitting around a table playing dungeons and dragons and i mean that could have very easily been videotaped from my childhood. You know, those kids in that basement playing d and I was hooked from that minute. Um, so yeah, I loved the series. And, um, you know, I liked, a lot of what I liked was the D&D references and sort of the way they foreshadowed the season through what was playing at the campaign. And I think what they're doing in this trailer and what we'll see in the new season is a little bit of the same. Um, what we saw in the first season was like, You know, when they're playing in their campaign, it wasn't a direct reference to what happens in the rest of the season, but it was clearly like they talked about one player having to sacrifice himself for the others, and they talked about how they're encountering the Demogorgon. And like in the actual, in in the real world of the series, they didn't encounter the. D&D version of Demogorgon and it was another monster that was different but they called it the Demogorgon and stuff happened in the course of the series that paralleled what was happening there in that dungeon and so I think what happens with the Ravenloft thing is similar I think it's two magical weapons yeah I think it's probably things like that like for like like Ravenloft takes place in kind of like an alternate dimension and you could sort of see that as oh that's maybe the, the upside down is, you know, that's the analogous thing for, for, for you know for Barovia Um, Barovia the the setting for Ravenloft is this uh, this land that's like set in the valley in the mountains and is surrounded by this toxic fog that kills you if you try to wander out of the out of the, the the land and I wonder if maybe that'll be a plot point in season two like maybe their little town in 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 Indiana gets surrounded by some sort of toxic toxic fog that can't escape you know, and that's, that would be real easy out for the, for the people of, of, of Hawkins if they could just leave town. So maybe they won't be able to in this one. And then, like you mentioned, there's some specific plot things in Ravenloft where they're trying to kill this undead monster who feeds on people and they have to get these magical weapons to kill the bad guy. And I think that's the kind of thing we're going to see in season two is that, you know, the, maybe the kids, you know, they're going to have to defeat another monster for sure. Um, I think it's totally reasonable to expect. Like, yeah, maybe they have to go get two magical weapons, just like the player characters in Ravenloft. And that would be a really cool, like not a, a 100% literal translation from Ravenloft, but it would be a really cool reference to the game and something for fans of D&D and for Ravenloft to look back and be like, oh my God, you know, they've just gotten the symbol and the sun sword and now they're going to go fight the monster. I think that's, that's probably what they're going to do. Maybe it's something more literal. I mean, maybe there'll be a vampire. Who knows? But I think it's probably a, a slightly more abstract reference. Now, Rob, you were ah, ready to say love something it.
3: before I, I asked that Nick
7: question. Nick actually
5: was, literally just covered it. Okay. Uh, no, I was uh, going to ask about his speculations involving Ravenloft and stuff. I, uh, I never had the chance to play the, uh, the original Ravenloft campaign, but there was a uh, Curse of Strahd supplement that came out for 5th uh, edition. <laughs> Uh, I think this was like maybe late last year, probably around Halloween time, maybe a little bit. Yeah. Then. Um, and, uh, I did get the opportunity to go through that. And, uh, I, I did a lot of reading on that, a lot of prep work and, uh, got a handful of sessions into a campaign with my roommates before it ended up. We switched to a different game, but, uh, in uh, going through it, uh, I, I, I could see some of the uh, the, the parallels you're drawing there with the, the fog, and uh, I could see some really there. There was some like uh, obscure, occultish stuff that was going mm-hmm. on in uh, the Christopher Stroud story as well. So I could see that getting dredged up into it. But uh, I, I definitely think that the the two magical weapons are the, would, would probably be the key components there there's any speculation to pull from
7: that yeah and maybe it's maybe it's drawn himself i mean he's such a great character that like we've seen actually gets played into other adventures I and mean, wizards of the coast built that whole, whole expansion last year around him and like maybe the same way that you know the, the weird monster from the upside down that we saw in the first season the boys called that monster the demogorgon maybe there's a new bad guy in season two who's like the man, you know, the government guy who's really running the lab, you know, the person in charge. Maybe he's Count Stroud. You know, maybe that's how the kids relate to him. They'll call him Count yeah, Stroud. It I, wouldn't surprise me if something like that.
3: See, that's just the, the concept. Yeah, make perfect sense. The concept, the thought of that. That the, these these writers, uh, these show runners are <laughs> are able to. I don't, I'm, I'm almost speechless. It's the coolest fucking show on television. Yeah. I'm 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 dumbfounded behind it. I mean, think of the possibilities that think of the things they're able to do, knowing I mean obviously what their source material is. Think of all the other great modules and and campaign settings that they had to pull from for future seasons.
7: Yeah, there's so much good material to work through,
3: and the fact that you've got like uh, you got Sean Aston coming on for season two. Yeah. Which is awesome. And Shit. and the coolest, I think, is Paul Riser. Yeah. He's on for season two.
7: Yeah. I you mean, know, maybe he's the, the Strahd character. You know, if there, if, if 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 Paul Riser's good at playing anything, it's he's good at playing the the Dick government functionary. I mean, think about his role in Aliens. He's he's so good as like that slimy corporate weasel. Like maybe that's his role now. Maybe he's the guy who's in charge of the lab or who's sent in to clean it up. That'll be amazing.
0: David, did you see? I don't even remember where I saw this or or read it, but I wondered if it was something you had seen or just thought of on your own. That kind of in hindsight, the the five kid main characters. basically all sort of fell into like a D and D character classes. Did you see that?
7: Yeah. Yeah. I've heard
0: theory? people talk about that. I think did that definitely did, that, something did to that, that, that hit home with you.
7: Yeah. I think that's, that's, that rings true for true reasons. One is that the reason why those D and D character archetypes exist is because they're sort of core literary and storytelling archetypes. Like those, those, those places those characters work in our role playing adventures because they fit into these very sort of archetypal heroic characters. The other side of that is that clearly the Duffer brothers and the writer for this writers for the show are very influenced by DD. I've heard interviews with the Duffer brothers where, you know, D D is one of the things that got them interested in storytelling, that drove them into worlds of fantasy and science fiction. And their intentions are clearly to make these connections to d And so I think when they sat down to write the show, they were from the beginning thinking about like okay, what's our party? You know, who's, who's the cleric? Who's the paladin? Like, I think that's how they think about storytelling, probably in general, but also when it comes to the show, just because they were D&D players, and that's what they grew up thinking, and if they're approaching a show, like, that's how they approach it, too.
3: I think a cool side effect of this show, <laughs> at least in my experience, is the people that have watched it, that they, they didn't grow up playing Dungeons & Dragons or any knowledge of what a role-playing game is and are in love with the show and you're able to like parlay that conversation into well, you know, if you would like, like Stranger Things I think you would really like Dungeons and & Dragons and they say, they like scoff at it at first and then when you start drawing those parallels they say like, huh, maybe I would like that. Um, it's happened at work, it's happened with I wouldn't say it went that far with my wife, but I mean, it was cool to have a cool conversation about Dungeons and Dragons and like actually in context because
7: of Stranger Things. Oh, yeah. Oh, I've absolutely heard stories from people who who played their first game of D&D after seeing it in Stranger Things. I mean, it's cool to see it in action. And also, even if you don't see that much of the game, you know, people very quickly realize, oh, this game is i mean, I like this series i like the tone of it i like the ideas and i like you know the action of it and they very quickly realize oh this is very much like D D so if i like the show i'm probably gonna like the game and it's it's great and i think it's i think a lot of people are finding the game that way
6: now i do have a question that's sort of a uh, sort of related but a little bit more abstract uh if i had the
5: opportunity to have uh Duffer brothers pick a module to try and do another season off the full influence from. i'd probably pick the tomb of horrors Mm -hmm. but if you had the opportunity to pick one um is there any particular module that you would like to see them try and model a season after
7: oh that's a good question i mean the tomb of horrors is, is a great one um i'd love to see that too um it has been uh done a little bit uh arnie klein's ready player one he's got some team players so so i don't know maybe some of the other one um i'd really like to see some of the uh demon queen stuff um uh, that would be really cool to get lolf into a series somehow and you know that that
5: it would be so easy to do stuff relating to the Underdark, like right? This.
7: Get the dark elves in there. So yeah.
5: it, it's it's just there. It's it's waiting for you to just start drawing the parallels and pick up where you. Want and no to. one's really some kind of spider monster. Yeah, all
7: the all yeah. the the a lot of stuff from D and D has made itself made its way into the entertainment world, even if not explicitly. Like there's lots of movies where you see the sort of heroic like, archetypes and clerics and things like that. But like no one's really done a good movie with the drow and this idea of dark elves. No really cool to get that into a movie or a TV show. I'd love to see that stuff. Mm-hmm. Boy, Tomb of Horrors would be great. Yeah, Tomb of Horrors would be you know, super... It would
3: you're, be... you're right, though. So I, didn't, I mean, the second Rob said Tomb of Horrors, I immediately went Ready Player One, Yeah. which we're getting ready to see in 2018. Uh, Spielberg bringing it to the movie theater.
7: That's true, and, and that's going to be so insane.
3: We're, we're, yes, that... Coincidentally, Ready Player One is what I'm geeking on this week. Spoiler alert! But uh, Rob, that was a great question because I ins- like uh, I played a lot of Lankmar mm. with the Fikfar and the Grey Mouse and everything, and that, that's where I I didn't play a lot of like the classic D and D modules. But Tomb of Horrors was one I didn't play, but it's another one that I inherited that I've just I've poured over. So God, that's a great question, Rob. Well, thank you that's a fucking great question because now keep it the, keep it the shadow fell would probably be another good one
7: yeah that would be a good thinking one about it, i mean a lot there's a lot of those
5: i played some fourth edition so
7: those those a lot of those 80s ones are great there but yeah it would be it would be cool to see some of the stuff from the 90s or even some of the later expansions you know i've always had a soft spot for for um for some of the stuff that came out for 3.0 and 3.5. I mean, what about Spelljammer? I've always wanted to see Spelljammer done as, as a TV show or movie. Anything from that setting would be really cool.
6: I could dig on that. I hadn't thought about that before, but I could definitely dig on something
3: like that. I'm so glad that these guys stuck to their guns when they were trying to shop the show around. And, and I'm so glad Netflix gave them the... Freedom, um, the, the platform, the freedom to do exactly what they wanted to do. Some of the some of the horror stories that you heard after season one about, you know, all, you know, all the the companies that passed them up or said like, hey, yeah, we'd love to make your show, but let's make it. Uh, we're going to make it a, a weekly procedural, um, <laughs> very episodic, um, where where Chief Hopper is, uh, you know, he hunts demons.
7: Yeah, it would have been a law and order Hawkins.
3: <laughs> <laughs> right it just sucked so I'm, I'm, I'm glad they found their
0: i don't know if they did it just as part of this now we're kind of reaching searching for you know D homages or not or if it was just perception but the fact that they did it as an eight episode kind of mini series instead of a 13 or 15 episode season a la you know a nicely wrapped up in a saturday night D campaign um that was cool i thought so many shows stretched it out just a little too far and the fact that it it uh maintained it its excellence and thought. wrapped up nice and tight um and that story arc wrapped up nice and tight i thought was in hindsight just another really excellent piece
7: Yeah, there's a lot of shows where there's like a mystery to it and sort of paranormal stuff where dragging it on too long makes it hurt. I mean, I still love Lost, but if Lost had been an eight episode long series, Lost would have been a thousand times better because they wouldn't have had to put all the pulp in. It could have just been tight from day one. So having that like that shorter, shorter run for the series really helps a lot, I think. Keep on the
3: borderlands. Keep on the Borderlands classic. Keep on the Borderlands would be a good one. Red box, yeah. That'd be a good one. And that's an original Gygax. So yep. that's there's some hmm. Damn it, Rob, that's a really that's the best question you've asked in two hundred episodes.
6: <laughs> I believe it. I,
3: I easily kind of put it back. Easily. <laughs> <laughs> I mean i hey okay, and again, total, that was a total compliment I just gave you. I wasn't even being snide. Oh.
1: Aw. He definitely Thank wasn't you. insulting the other two episodes.
3: Right. Every other question that I've ever asked. <laughs> uh, so what's <laughs> – so have you gotten – I mean I, I would assume that if, you know, uh, if I was somebody that had a bigger platform, I would have contacted you and said, hey, man, uh, come on and talk to us about your article. Are, are you getting a lot of play from it
7: or – i've gotten a, i mean a lot of blogs and stuff i've picked it up i've heard from you know a handful of people i haven't heard from the duffer brothers yet i did hear from from tracy hickman who wrote raven loft and he hadn't he had seen the trailer but he didn't realize the black the uh the, the no way connection. so he was excited to see it too so yeah i've talked to a couple people about it it's been fun.
5: that's awesome yeah also one of the favorite uh, author of one of my favorite series being Dragonlance. Terms of fantasy oh, yeah. at The Dragonlance
7: series is terrific. Oh,
5: yeah. Did I ever get you those books back? Margaret, we used to sign a wrestling card, and it was probably the best day of Gen Con ever.
0: <sighs> oh. I'm kind of surprised that Forbes is a platform that, it, you know, embraces <laughs> things in sci fi fantasy speculation. That was kind of uh, well, eye opening a- and refreshing to me.
7: I think initially at least it was less that they embraced it and more that I was employed there and would sneak that stuff onto the site. Either or man,
0: however you, however you
7: backdoored it, it's still. But now they embrace it because they know there's a big audience for this stuff. You know, there's a, there's a lot of people out there who like this kind of content. Sure. Well, and it's,
3: it's, I think somebody used the word backdooring it just then we are as geeks, as, as we are infiltrating Hollywood um, and the zeitgeist, we are backdooring the things that we love into people's brains, like Inception style. We're making people want to like things that they didn't know they wanted to like. And it is a very cool thing to me. You know, to be able to sit and talk to, you know, uh, a mid-50s gentleman about Stranger Things, and he's really into it, and you say, like, so, like, you were into D&D then, and he's like, no. And it's like, well, then why are you into this? But I'm so glad you're into it, and let's talk now, because we're, we're actually more alike than you think.
6: It's a geek's greatest ploy. <laughs> it really
3: is. <laughs>
0: Subterfuge. Yeah. <laughs> and it lets Ryan work the word zeitgeist into a podcast. Hey. Which,
3: which he's been wanting
0: to a- do all week. Yes, it's word. like season two. It's been itching.
3: It's it's the best word I've used in 200 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: are you are you? Is there pre-ordering available for the new book already? I thought I saw like some.
7: Yes, listed. there is. There is. Um, I you know I don't have a link on my website. I should put one. But if you go to Amazon or Barnes and Noble or any online bookseller, you should be able to, to search for it and pre-order It's called Defying Reality. And it uh, will be out in September. I don't know the exact date yet. but uh, And it's, uh, it's a history of virtual reality, kind of where the technology came from and why it's so important and why it's going to change the world. And there is... You know, a lot of, you know, geeky stuff in there, too, including some role-playing stuff. I mean, you want to talk about Dungeons & Dragons. I mean, how cool is Dungeons & Dragons and virtual reality going to be when, you know, you no longer have to have all your friends in the same room when you can all be in, you know, a virtual playroom and and play D&D against each other even when you're across the country. That's going to be amazing. You think
0: that's that's where it's going?
7: Oh, it's already – there's already a couple of of VR uh, uh, role-playing applications. There's a company – Uh, I want to make sure I don't mix up which company it was. And I'm blanking, so I'm not going to say the name of the company. But I talked to one company that develops uh, virtual reality stuff, and the designers were telling me one of the first things they built like as an application when they were creating their software was an interactive game room where they could play D&D. And it's because everybody in the office was a D and D player. Like they were all role playing nerds. And when they started testing out their tech and wanted something to build just internally, they were like, well, let's make, let's make a a game table. Let's make somewhere where we can play D and D so that we can actually use it. So yeah, those, those applications are already out there and they're just going to get better and better.
0: Do you think it's going to go like the way of televisions where the, the price hits really high, but drops really quickly? As the yeah. I mean, like, what, what kind of a, a window do you see before it's like a, you know, call it a commonplace um, price point and available product?
7: I give it five years, and within the next five years, there will be. I don't know who's going to make it, whether it'll be Oculus or whether it's going to be HEC or maybe Apple or Google. But within the next five years, someone is going to make the mainstream breakthrough VR headset that everybody buys, that gets, you know, $10 million uh, a headsets onto the market. There's going to be something out there, you know, very soon. And I think five years it's going to be pretty commonplace. Ten years, the technology is definitely going to be everywhere. Especially when you start talking to about augmented reality, which is, you know, when you're not completely blocking yourself off to the world, but when you're uh, you're uh, overlaying computer graphics onto your view of the real world. Like those things are going to. Be everywhere. I think it will be as common as televisions, if not more so, because you can take it with you.
0: Um, where does it, is where that, does it is stop? That, that's a scary.
7: Well, that's a good stop. question. You know, you might be. It, it, maybe it doesn't stop. I think we're, we we may legitimately be looking at a future where reality is always mixed with computer-generated imaging, and virtual information. I mean, if we get to a place where 10, 15, 20 years from now, where there's a lightweight pair of glasses or, you know, something like a contact lens that anybody can wear, at that point, there's no reason why you don't always have virtual information interjected into your field of view, where you don't have, you know, you could always have sort of, you know animated characters running around you. You can change the way the world looks around you or you can just disappear completely into a virtual environment that's totally separate from the real world. And I, I you know, once that technology is the out there, basis. I don't... Exactly, yeah. I don't, I don't see it going back into the bottle once it's out.
0: You just described like an episode I of know. Black Mirror.
7: And it's I, terrifying. Well, yeah, there's a... At
5: this at this rate, we're moving to the cyberpunk-like dystopian future that I've always wanted to live
7: in. So, I was saying to someone like, the other day that, like, I always, I, when I was a kid, I loved cyberpunk, and I was like, I want to live in a cyberpunk dystopia. Like that seems so cool. And then, you know, and, just and, recently, and it's on our doorstep. Yeah, especially with some political <laughs> things that have been happening, I was just like, wow, you know, that's kind of where we are right now. Like things are looking very I, I some
0: <laughs> pocket uh, digital escapism would come in handy right about now, right? Good Lord. And that's some of the stuff. Do you, do you touch on some of that future forecasting of the technology in the book?
7: Yeah, definitely. A lot of that. I look at a couple of different industries and, and things like movie making and video games and sort of how this technology is going to change, you know, different parts of our lives.
0: Well, we will definitely put the link to the book uh, in the show notes. So to the listeners, absolutely investigate further. Uh, if you don't have or if you haven't read any of David's stuff, uh, get in there and invest so we'll try
7: and guide that i
3: wouldn't i wouldn't i wouldn't blame you david if you forgot that we end every show with the what you're geeking on this week segment
7: oh no i Um, remember i've got some candidates (laughs) for you
3: oh fantastic well would you like to go first or would you like to go last
7: well, let me go first because I has a chance that one of you guys has the same one and you'll steal it from me. <laughs> bring, bring it on, brother. <laughs> I um, have just been repeatedly watching all week long the you know, talking about Stranger Things. I've been watching the new trailer that Netflix released for the Iron Fist series oh, yeah. oh which looks yeah so good I love like the, the tone they seem to be setting like it seems a little goofy and self aware which I think it has to be because Iron Fist is a little goofy but it also just looks badass like it looks it looks great and it looks like it's gonna be funny and full of action and really like look like all these great you know Chopsaki movies from the 1980s and I think they're hitting it perfectly uh, I can't wait for that to start
3: well, Punch and a dragon, get powers. in my right? Yes. <laughs> well, and what it, what it, what I've been reading too is that they uh, uh, they pull well pull no punches. Uh, pun not intended. Uh, it is obvious. It is an obvious lead-in to the defenders.
7: Oh yeah. Well, um, like the trailer even says here come something like the last defender in the in the trailer. Yeah. Okay. There you mm-hmm. go. So yeah, they're setting it up for something even cooler.
6: I can't. Believe it. I'm really excited.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rob, how about you? Uh
5: it's been a lot more Conan for me this week. I uh, nice. I haven't died nearly as often, and it's great. Have you heard the lamentations uh, of some women? Uh not yet, but I have started harvesting slaves, and I'm pretty excited about that just run around and grab Check little NPC contact? people that are walking around. Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's, it's exactly as bad as it oh, sounds. Oh, uh, Rai
1: wasn't here last week, so.
5: Oh. Uh, so this game came out called Conan uh, Exiles, and it's like this survival um, game. It's basically like Minecraft on hard mode. Okay. Um, and, uh, and there's no running around fast. in the Conan setting and just doing awful, awful. Like it's, it, it's brutal. You're teleporting, like it's also an early access. So a lot of the problems are just because it's in beta still. There are things like teleporting crocodiles you have to deal with right now and uh, random things spawning in your base. Uh, there were some. Wait, did Bethesda
0: make this? Awful you, you lost me at teleporting crocodile. It sounds like it. It's.
5: They aren't supposed to teleport, I promise.
0: No, (laughs) of course not.
1: Well, the guards aren't supposed to swim through the air either in Skyrim.
6: But
5: lo and behold, there they are. It's like a bad Chuck Liddell Liddell commercial. commercial.
3: Yes!
0: Yeah. I I don't get that analogy, but I imagine it's hilarious.
3: You know, the commercial where Chuck Liddell throws the tank and...
0: Like punches. If I knew face the face. Chuck Liddell commercial, I would have said, "Oh, that's funny." <laughs> I, I don't. It's fine. So, I digress. So
6: yeah, it's been a lot of that for me.
1: Googling Chuck Liddell uh, commercials. The mm, Last what one. What about you? Right. I uh, finally went and got myself the audiobook uh, audiobook for um, Welcome to Night Vale. And I'm really enjoying it so far. It's uh, definitely different from the series. It's not, you know, I, I really like the episodic weekly looks into the daily life of Night Vale. And you definitely don't get that in this book. Um, because narrative over the course of 13 chapters or 19 chapters or whatever has to, you know, add up to something. Go somewhere. Yeah but it's it's really good and i really like the way that they the authors um Fink and Jeffrey Craner have have captured their characters and given them life and they've they've really uh resonated um with a lot of the stuff that has happened in my life and so it's just sort of like oh man i recognize this thing that has happened and uh it just it draws me further into the story and i really enjoy it so yeah Welcome oh. to Night Vale. The novel. Check it out.
0: You've been a big fan since the beginning.
1: I have. I have indeed. I've even gone and seen a live show. How was that? I really enjoyed it. I didn't know you went. Mm-hmm. Yep, last year, I think. Last April. Ish. Sweet. Yeah. So and they've got another one coming out soon too that I'm really excited about. So I may go. Brooklyn's only 90 minutes away.
6: No way. No.
1: Ry, how about you? What are you geeking on this week?
3: Uh, As previously talked about, uh, Ernest Cline's Ready Player One. Uh, I I hadn't read it. I haven't read it. This isn't a reread. Um, Knowing that the movie's coming out and then it was also recommended to me um, when I got it. And it is... Uh, it is actually really – it's really cool. It's kind of like – David, Have you've read Ready Player One?
7: Yes, I have.
3: Would you say that it's like Stranger Things and that it's packed with like nostalgia and yeah. every paragraph is an 80s reference?
7: Yeah, it's got a lot <laughs> of 80s references in it. Ernie Klein is a child of the 80s. I mean he's – the guy in real life drives a restored DeLorean time machine. So (laughs) that gives you an idea of just how packed with eighties references that book is. It's a lot of fun, but it's, it's
3: set in a dystopian future where, um, the majority of the people live in this live and operate in this virtual reality called the Oasis. And it was created by, uh, like a fictional Steve jobs, like character who, uh, left his fortune to whoever could figure out this game um within the within the oasis. And um it's the story of people trying to beat the game to, to get his fortune. And it's I'm about halfway through the book. It's it's really good. It's really tough to put down. I don't like to read it at night because although I would finish the book, it would be six o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, uh, when I'm done with it, whoever wants it next, I'll send it to you. It's, it's a great book. Uh, Nico, what you, are
0: you geeking uh, on? I'm kind of wishing I was geeking on that. That sounds good. You, 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 do? you,
3: you would like it. Well, or, yeah, I, I'll, I'll call you, dibs then or you, when you're done. Fucking hate it. I don't know. It's
0: it's gonna be one of I, two. I can't imagine I would hate <laughs> sci-fi riddled with eighties analogies. I mean, that's pretty much in our wheelhouse. Uh, to everyone else's end, and to my much slower way, I'm just now finally trying to finish up Luke Cage because I'm, as David probably doesn't know, I'm usually you know, one to four months behind most everything in my limited time. So I'm traveling this week. Um, so still trying to, to get all of the the defenders wrapped up and I guess I better hurry up now and get ready for iron fist. And so I can binge stranger things season two, whenever it does get released. Um, so that's where I'm at. And then obviously working on this uh, little haphazard, GeekCast Live blog adventure that we've got going now. I'm trying to find some time to churn out some more of that nonsense. Um, that's what I've been geeking on this week.
3: And, and David, I should have asked you earlier before we moved towards the end of the show, but um, I need your, uh, your, your professional opinion. Mm-hmm. I am in the planning stages of a Strangers Things Season 2 uh, binge watch party. Mm. and some people were trying to get clever with the menu and then there was a suggestion that really the only thing you can eat is ego waffles right yeah it's gotta be Eggers. pretty much so would you suggest a, a waffle bar you think
7: Yeah, Yeah, You can you can expand on the '80s theme within the context of Egos. So have like a waffle bar, but have all the toppings for the waffles be other '80s products. So you know, people can put like Pop Rocks on their Egos, or um, you know, nice stuff like that you know get some cool whip or I don't know what other, you know other stuff that was big in the 80s that's you know, uh, uh, jello pudding <laughs> I don't know but yeah put that kind of that's what you <laughs> eat, eat a pop
0: tart sandwich between two Egos.
3: yes there you go yes okay. I like the waffle bar idea so, so we're gonna uh, okay there it is then we're gonna have a leg we're, and, and hey and you're invited if that's, you want to find yourself to rural Indiana which is apt for watching Stranger Things I'm just that's saying.
7: true that is that's pretty actually perfect yeah <laughs>
3: So um, thank you for coming on. Short notice. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, oh, we'd like to have me. you on uh, when, you know, actually whenever you want to come on. But definitely when your book comes out.
7: Yeah, that'd be great. It's always fun talking to you guys. And uh, get, <laughs> the, um, some, get some post-season
0: two Stranger Things uh, <coughs> oh, jam sure. session review. Oh, yeah, we'll have so. to dissect
7: everything. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that would be excellent. Thank cool. you, man. Always great talking with you. Right. Thank you
7: guys very much.
5: Oh, uh, for our listeners, uh, where can we check out you and your work? Uh,
7: best place to go would probably be to my website, uh, David M. Ewalt, D-A-V-I-D-M-E-W-A-L-T dot com. Um, on Twitter at D. Ewalt. Um, those sites and those links, you know, go everywhere. My blog on Forbes dot com. My books, they'll be linked to them, you know, all my social media stuff. So that's the place to go.
3: One of the best Twitter handles of all time, by the way.
7: <laughs> thank you.
3: The so. hardware company loves me. <laughs> I'm sure they do. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, thanks for coming on, man, and we'll uh, we'll chat again soon. Thanks, guys. Have a good one.
0: See you, man. Take it, Take it, down
6: it down easy. Some That's good stuff there.
0: Three. Yeah, check out check out the article. If nothing else, you'll see it in the show notes and uh, send your thoughts. On Stranger Things or whatever else we've talked about, we want to yeah, hear from not, you.
3: It's not my favorite defense. I think I'm more of a three-four guy, actually.
0: You're a uh, you're a nickel zone guy. Why, what do you no, stop yourself?
3: No, I like I like fast. I like fast linebackers. I like I like a lot of stand-up linebackers, like a good Julius Peppers on the edge linebacker. When they moved into the
0: uh, my, my, one of my favorite drinks, orange Julius Peppers. and ryan i think your i thought your best defense was like a rape whistle is that not still not the thing
3: um only only against bears
1: like a quickly descending bird with only one working wing (laughs) you mean this episode the death spiral uh just that discussion there that whole (laughs) little rabbit hole
3: Oh uh, shit. All right,
0: gentlemen. That's, uh, they'll probably be plugs, I would assume. <laughs> <laughs> is it the one-legged
3: bird? Wait. No, it's, no, it's the
0: alien who died. At oh, Christmas. that's, that's, Blue De- Blue. with his wife and kids watching. <laughs> Fuck you, George
3: Lucas. For no reason.
1: What's his name? Max Tyrell? Yeah, that's
3: it. Yeah. The worst alien's name ever.
1: You know, though, it's nice to see that the Tyrells survived long enough to make it into space and evolve into blue space lizards.
0: And there it is. What, uh, what and there Joe it is. said. Long live Highgarden. Peace, players. So Bulbo walks <laughs> on his hands. For no reason. That makes sense. Fucking yeah. phantom. Ah!
6: Worms. Ah! Ah! <laughs>
0: Nico here. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Chap Snatter, and listen to our twats, especially from Rob Bass, as he will keep you up to date on all the latest and greatest going on with the show. Also, follow us on YouTube, iTunes, and RedTube. The five stars. We love ya.
2: If you're one of them reader sorts and you're always on the go, we've got something for you. Check out Audible.com slash GeekCastLive for a free 30-day trial and find some of your favorite books recorded for your mobile convenience. Check it out. Who knows? You might learn something. Like the fact that all Stephen King books should be narrated by Morgan Freeman's brother, Sam. If you enjoy good
1: indie comics, head on over to WaywardRaven.com. Use the special discount code NECKBEARD to get a certain amount of money off your order. We don't really know how much, but
2: it's something. Do it. Do it. Get on over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash geekcastlive for special content, perks, and that warm, fuzzy feeling that you're doing something awesome and helping out our podcast. We wouldn't be anywhere without you guys, and we look forward to bringing you geeky content for a long time to come.
6: Hey everybody,
5: GCR
3: here, and that was yet another episode of the Geekcast Live podcast. Uh, If you liked what you heard, I don't know. Tune in next week. This week's bit of bass is In Hell I'll Be Good Company by the Dead South. Enjoy, you fools.
4: Stop shirting me on a tree After I count down three rounds in hell I'll be in good company